Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do our very first mailbag episode to answer questions directly from listeners like you. But before we do that, I want to touch on everything that's been happening with COVID-19, the stock market, and everyone's concerns about a potential recession. I know it's a scary time. Many of us are facing loss of income or adjusting to new routines. There isn't a playbook or easy answer to any of it. I mean, last week we saw 3.3 million people apply for unemployment benefits, a record-breaking number. And as I'm recording this right now, the House is debating about the stimulus package, trying to provide support for American families and the economy as a whole. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the crisis here. Things are changing rapidly, and I never want to be a source of misinformation for you. If you want more up-to-date information, definitely come over and follow us on Instagram at Smart Money Mamas, where I'm regularly posting updates. But I do want you to know that I'm thinking of you, that support is out there, and you can make it through this. If you're facing lost income or in financial difficulty, many companies and states are making concessions to make things easier for families. Not perfect, of course, but easier. I'll include a link in the show notes to a New York Times page that is doing an excellent job of explaining what your options are, and they're updating it regularly. If you're working from home with kids and feeling like you're failing at everything, mama, I'm with you. We have the privilege of my husband being a stay-at-home dad so he can focus on the kids, and I'm still struggling to find focus and motivation amid everything that's going on. Try to give yourself some grace. And if I can give you one tip as someone working through the murky middle right alongside you, establish at least a rough outline for your day, a rough routine. We don't know how long this will last, and the sooner we can provide a little stability for ourselves and our children, the better off we'll all be. And finally, this won't be forever. This crisis will pass and life will go back to an approximation of our old normal. But I encourage you to question which parts of that normal do you really want to go back to? And how can you make changes now so that you come out the other side of this crisis in a better place? That can mean getting up close and personal with your finances, developing small daily habits to build your emergency fund, align your spending with your real goals, or creating a meal planning system that helps you save on food long term. That can mean making time to call at least one friend on the phone every day and come out the other side with better, stronger relationships. Or maybe for you, that can mean committing 30 minutes a day to that side hustle or business idea that's played at the back of your mind for years, but you've never had time to do it. We're all home now. The world in many ways has slowed down. And without minimizing the crisis, there is opportunity here. Don't pass it up. Now, I know many podcasts and platforms are turning over to be 100% COVID-19 all the time. On the Smart Money Mama show, we're going to mention it. I don't think we can have conversations without it coming up in this environment. It's so core to our experiences right now. But honestly, our theme for April was already planned as security. So over the next month, we'll be covering emergency funds, getting out of debt, estate planning, and more. Things that I think are very relevant to this time. But it won't be specifically about what's happening in the world or in the economy today. If you want coverage on those topics, like I said earlier, follow us on Instagram or send me an email. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. But with so much changing, we want to keep some consistency here. I hope that makes sense. Okay. All right. I think it's time we answered a few of your questions, right? I think we all have questions right now. And I think going through and giving some concrete answers, I hope that brings you a little bit of peace and security. So as we talked about investing in wealth growth throughout this month, we learned a lot. It's a big and complex topic, and it's natural that questions popped up as we dove into difficult areas, especially when we saw all the volatility we've seen in the stock market over the last month, which I know can be scary for new and seasoned investors alike. 
For this episode, we asked the mamas in our free Mamas Talk Money community on Facebook, which you should totally join, to send us their questions. But know that you can always send me questions via email, on Instagram, or on Facebook. I'm happy to help out, and if you're comfortable, include the answers in episodes like this, because if you have a question, there are almost certainly other people out there wondering the same thing. This month, we got some awesome questions, and I can't wait to share the answers with you. And if you want to go deeper on any of the questions, you can find the resources mentioned in each answer at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 19. So are you ready to get started? Let's dive in. Our first question is from Kara, and she asks, I did the $5 challenge last year and said I'd contribute the cash to my IRA on January 1st. I haven't done it yet because I'm having a hard time parting with the money. Is hoarding cash a thing? Now, mamas, first off, hoarding cash is definitely, definitely a thing, and it's more common among women. But before I answer this question, I had to ask Kara a follow-up, which was, can you identify the feeling or fear that is holding you back? Because Kara seems to know here that savings and investing is a good idea, but she's working against a mental block. And she was nice enough to respond and tell me this. I feel like I disciplined myself enough to save every $5 bill I came across for 12 months And then to take it and drop it in an uncertain bucket is kind of cringy. Wow, Kara. Okay, this is a really common feeling to a lot of people who are new to investing. We're told in different ways, especially from our parents who suffered through the 2008-2009 downturn and lost money in their retirement accounts, that investing is like gambling and that this is huge risk and you're just hoping to make money. But the fact is, it's not like that. There are real reasons that the stock market goes up over the long term, specifically around Owning a stock is owning a tiny piece of ownership in a company. And if we believe that the U.S. will continue to innovate and grow, that the global economy will continue to innovate and grow over the long term, then the value of the stock market is going to go up. So my first thing to encourage you is spend a little time getting comfortable with investing. Download our Money Mama's Guide to Investing, which is free, and I'll include the links in the show notes, which will walk you through why it's important to invest and how it works. But the second thing is to really understand your goals. Why are you investing this money? Are you investing it for your retirement or are you investing it for a nearer term goal like vacation? In which case, maybe your gut feeling about investing being a little bit cringy is right because we shouldn't be investing for near term goals. Investing is not always the right choice. There is volatility and risk involved that we have to make sure that we understand. So get clear on your goals and what you want to do. Make sure you understand the investments that you're buying. And I think you'll feel a little bit more comfortable. I'd also encourage you to make sure you have a stable emergency fund and cash resources so that you're not going to have to pull that money right back out again, right? If you're still someone who's working on building up that cash emergency fund, I'd focus there first. But really, let's think about the mindset and how we can get comfortable with the whole idea of investing and understand what we're looking for in long-term growth. And I think that'll make you a lot more comfortable. Okay. Our next question is from Jen. And I think a lot of you are going to really connect with her. Jen asks, I'm seeing all these investing stock retirement posts and episodes and wondering where one even starts. I'm 39 and we're just getting our lives together. Is it too late for us to even think about retiring or am I going to be a working grandma? Current situation is married with three children, one of who is in college that we help pay for, which is killing us. So start those college accounts now. Good tip, Jen. We're currently trying to pay down some credit card debt from what I call our YOLO years facepalm, toss in steep rent payment, and we have ourselves a mini cluster. Hubby is an RNBSN, which is a registered nurse, you guys. I own a pet sitting and dog walking company, and I'm a travel agent as well, both of which may suffer due to current COVID, but so far I'm okay. We're great parents, terrible adults, no clue where to start. All right, Jen, first off, 
you can do this. I want you to know that there are so, so many people out there who don't start even thinking about retirement until they're 50. My friend, Emily Guy Birkin wrote a book called the five years before you retire. And it's one of the most popular retirement books because that's when people sit down and start to really think about retirement and how it's going to all work. So at 39, you might feel late to the game, but you're totally not. And you can do this. The first thing I would say is you should consider looking at a values-based retirement plan. So think about these tiered levels. And this actually comes from Emily, who wrote the book, The Five Years Before You Retire, as well. And she talks about having staged understandings of what is going to be a successful retirement for you. We all have this dream goal, right? That's our big stretch goal of we're going to travel the world, or we're going to live on a lake, or we're going to have this perfect life that would require a lot of money to do. But there's other things that make us happy as well. So she recommends having your dream goal, a medium goal, like a, I'm very comfortable and happy and a, Hey, everything went wrong and I have very little funds, but I, I know what will make me really happy. And so that could be, Hey, if you love reading and you love walking in the park on a cool day, this could be figuring out how much it's going to cost you to live down the block from a library and across the street from a park, right? And that might not be the perfect ideal retirement, but you can set goals that will let you know how much money you need for each of those things. And that can make you feel more comfortable, especially as you start to save up and say, okay, now we've reached enough that we've saved to do the first step, our, our basic retirement. And now we're working for our middle one. And then if you don't reach that stretch one, at least you don't feel completely out of control. So that's the first thing is setting those values-based stage goals. As for what to do right now, I'd really prioritize getting out of that credit card debt. Those high interest rates are going to kill you in your ability to save and make sure that you feel like you have extra money to invest and catch up. Invest what you can for retirement for right now. So if your hubby has a 401k plan or other retirement plan, make sure that you're at least contributing to get a match if one is available from his employer, and then focus on getting out of that debt. Once you're out of that debt, and even as you're starting that journey to pay it off, Find ways to grow the gap between your spending and earning to catch up on investments. Really focus on budgeting here, paying really close attention to what you're spending and which, which of those things actually bring you joy and which you could cut to save a little money or ways that you could pick up little side hustles to save a little bit more money. And that'll help you catch up as well. Working on, on that budgeting is going to be a huge point, but also maybe consider doing some real goal setting outside of just the retirement goals. In our course, How to Set Life-Changing Financial Goals, we really make you step back and think about what is important to me, how do I want to feel, what does a successful day look like, and separate spending that you feel like you're supposed to have or that you've had it for so long that it feels like a necessity even though it isn't, and reset to what you want and build a budget from scratch that really fits your lifestyle and what's important to you. I think a lot of budgeting softwares um, and a lot of systems try to take you from where you are now and just focus on cutting. And that can make it really hard to grow that gap. So maybe thinking about what your values are and what your unique goals are, both for retirement and outside of retirement might help you kind of control your spending and get out of this whirlwind. But you can do this. 39 is not too late. You can absolutely do your catch-up investing and get the retirement you want. You've got this, mama. All right, who's up next? So Nicole asks, can you please explain the difference between all of the retirement accounts, such as 403B, IRA, Roth, 401k? I contribute to a 403B, my husband contributes to a Roth IRA, and I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know the difference. Great question, Nicole. And please don't be embarrassed. Many, many people do not know the answer to that, and they're afraid to ask. So the difference is, who provides these accounts? So a 403B and a 401k are employer-based plans. That means you can only invest in those plans if you work for a company or an organization that offers them. 
Four three Bs are seen by teachers and nonprofit organizations. Four hundred one Ks are standard companies, and how those work is typically the money gets taken straight out of your paycheck and put into a retirement account. You set a percentage of your paycheck that you want to go into that account, and it's done automatically without you ever having to see that money which is a great resource because you don't have to make the decision every month to invest. It makes you invest a little bit more consistently. Some companies and and organizations will also offer a match. So if you put in 1% of your income, they'll match with another 1% of your income, and that can help you grow your retirements as well. An IRA stands for an individual retirement account. So these are retirement accounts you open on your own to boost your retirement savings. And these are great accounts, especially if you're at an income level that allows you to access a Roth IRA, Because with a Roth IRA, you can put the money in post-tax, which means instead of it coming directly out of your paycheck or before you pay taxes on it and reducing your taxable income in this year, you pay taxes on it this year, and then all of the growth and all of the withdrawals are tax-free in the future. This is a huge benefit if you think tax rates are going to go up in the future, if you think your income is going to go up in the future and you're going to be in a higher tax bracket, that is a really good option. The other difference is that an IRA, both a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, have lower contribution limits than a 403B or a 401K. You can only contribute $6,000 a year, whereas with a 403B or a 401K, including employer contributions, you can go up to $19,500 of your money and $57,000, including the contributions from your employer. So obviously that allows you, if you have the bandwidth to save a lot more money. It's also why self-employed people will typically look into a solo 401k or a SEP IRA, which gives you the same contribution limits as a 401k or a 403b instead of just using an IRA, which limits you to that $6,000. Overall though, these are all tax advantaged retirement accounts. They offer tax benefits to help you save and encourage you to prepare for your future. And besides the Roth IRA, which lets you always take the principal out, the dollars you put in um, without a tax penalty, 401ks, 403bs, IRAs have a tax penalty if you take that money out before traditional retirement age, which is 59 and a half by those rules. They're all very similar accounts. I understand there's way too many different acronyms and numbers to all explain what is mostly the same stuff, which is retirement accounts. Now let's take a pause from investing questions because I want to answer a question about side hustles and starting a business because obviously growing your wealth is not just about investing. That is a fantastic thing to do and it's something we should all have in our arsenal of ways to grow our wealth. But also starting your own business, having a side hustle, these are ways to diversify your income streams, provide more financial security, and ultimately grow your wealth. So this question was amazing and I really, really wanted to answer it. And Kate wrote to me saying, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Kate. I have been a stay-at-home mom since my daughter, second child, was born. I've been interested in starting some kind of business or side hustle where I could work at home and earn some money, but I'm kind of nervous. We don't have a lot of extra money, and the courses I've looked at to get me up and running are pretty expensive. What if I spend the money and can't make it work? Tiffany's points about having multiple streams of income make sense to me. Right now, we are only dependent on my husband's income, and that's nerve-wracking. But I'm worried about putting us in a worse position by investing in something that fails. Any tips on making it work? Do you think it's worth the risk? Thanks, Kate. Yes, Kate. If you are feeling drawn to having your own gig and making some money, you can absolutely make it work. And it is absolutely worth the risk. Are there ways to mitigate that risk a bit and help you go in with more confidence? 
Yes. But before we go into that, I have to first tell you that you are 100% capable of starting a successful side hustle or business, that we all have valuable skills and knowledge, and that your personal fulfillment and feeling of security is of the utmost importance. This is worth it. Don't be afraid to take a risk because you feel you're not capable. You are. Now, how do we do it without stretching yourself financially? First off, make sure you're starting your business for the right reasons. Why does this idea make sense for you? What's pulling you towards it? I would encourage you to revisit episode 17 on how to start a profitable side hustle because your main reason for this venture shouldn't be that you see other people making money at it. It has to be about your passions and why you're uniquely suited to be successful at this thing. I want you to feel connected to it so that as you get started, because there will be roadblocks as you get started, that you're willing and excited to overcome those and and keep going going to serve your purpose. Second, I want you to know that courses are amazing. I have taken and used many of them to grow as a person and to grow my business. Not to say that there's not bad courses. There are, but there are lots of amazing ones out there. But you don't need one to start your side hustle. You can utilize YouTube, Google, podcasts, and all the free resources that are out there. They won't be organized in the same one, two, three formula that a course is, but you can find exactly what you need. It's actually how my right-hand girl, Lauren, started her Pinterest VA business a few years ago. You can also join groups that are related to the work you want to do, be helpful, and start taking on small projects even before you feel you're 100% ready, because you'll never feel 100% ready. You just have to jump in. Now, if you want that course, find a hustle that funds your hustle, like Tiffany said in episode 14. Could you do some freelance work related to your old career? Do some babysitting or pet sitting on the weekends or evenings after your husband gets home? Could you cut back your spending for a month or two and save for the course? These are all options and you don't have to do these things forever. They might seem a little overwhelming, but by doing them, you're investing in yourself and the part-time or full-time work at home business that you want. You can do this, Kate. I'm rooting for you. All right, mamas. Our next question is bringing us back to investing. Amber asks, as a small business owner, I invest in a SEP account and a Roth. Is there another account or way of investing for long-term growth retirement that will give my retirement savings a better, more well-rounded approach? Awesome question, Amber. I love that you're thinking so carefully about retirement as a self-employed individual. Retirement savings can be more difficult for those of us who are self-employed because we have to set up systems like your SEP or your Roth. So great job doing that. Now back to your question. On what can make it more well-rounded? A diversified portfolio that provides good long-term growth is really about what investments you own within the account structures you mentioned. A SEP and a Roth IRA are really just baskets. You have to fill those baskets with investments that get a return. You could just put cash in those accounts, and some people accidentally do that when they don't realize they have to allocate the money they put in those accounts into investment funds. So for a well-rounded portfolio, it's going to depend on your risk tolerance and goals. I typically recommend low-fee index funds, which provide great diversification and market returns, since by owning an index fund, you own the market. So you're not trying trying to predict the future and pick the right thing. Now, a target date retirement fund will manage your asset allocation, that mix of stocks and bonds, for you and reduce risk as you get closer to retirement. It's a hands-off way of investing. But you can also cut fees a little further and align your investments with your unique risk by using a simple three-fund portfolio. It's a balance of three index funds, a total U.S. stock market index fund, a total international stock market index fund, and a total bond market index fund. I'll include a link to our breakdown of the three-fund portfolio in the show notes of this episode, which you can find at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 19. 
but it sounds like you're on the right track towards healthy retirement planning. Finally, our last question came in many forms from many people. Tamara, Debbie, Anne, and everyone else, this is for you. The question, is this a good time or a bad time to open an IRA, contribute to my 401k, or start investing? Or should I stop investing because of all that's going on? Mamas, none of us can predict the future, but over 100 years of history has shown us, over the long term, that the stock market usually recovers and grows. The temptation to attempt to time the market is strong, especially if this is your first bear or negative market. We think we can sell now and buy back at the bottom when things settle out, but research suggests we can't. Some people will get lucky, but that's all it is. Luck. Most people who try to time the market will sell at a reduced price, locking in their loss, stop investing new money, and miss months of opportunity to invest at low prices. And when things have stabilized and start to come back up, they may or may not invest again. And if they do, they're buying at a higher price, hurting their long-term returns significantly. As of right now, you still own the same amount of shares or bonds that you owned before prices started coming down. The face value might be lower on them right now, but you really only lose money if you sell. If you have sufficient cash reserves, an emergency fund that can get you through uncertainty or a period of layoff, which should always be a prerequisite to investing, and you're investing for a long-term goal like retirement, then the best you can do is keep on keeping on. If you've been investing monthly, try not to look at the headlines and just keep investing. If you've been preparing to open your IRA or start contributing to your 401k and you're financially ready now, dive in. You're actually starting your journey purchasing assets at a lower price than you would have two months ago. Lucky you. But overall, investing in times like this are what prove famous investor Warren Buffett's quote, investing requires qualities of temperament way more than it requires qualities of intellect. Consistency and calm are going to be the biggest determinants of your long-term success. You can do this. Ooh, yay. That was so fun. I love hearing and answering all your questions. As I mentioned at the top of the show, feel free to send me your questions really anytime via email, social media. This is one of my favorite things to do. And I know a lot of us have questions at times like this. The uncertainty can bring up a lot of negative and scary feelings around money and security and scarcity. So remember that you do have options, that things will get better. And I'm always here to hear your concerns and help in really any way that I can. As a reminder, you can view the full show notes of this episode with links to all the resources mentioned in the questions at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 19. My friend, thank you for listening to the Smart Money Mama show. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast and tell your friends. I truly appreciate it. Stay safe, healthy, and sane. Keep talking money, mama. I'll see you next time.